0: Except it's the Chargers So I'm like I'm saying it out loud And I'm like But it's the Chargers But let, let's believe For now
1: So though, welcome yeah. to All Four Quarters Your one stop shop For news, views, and overreactions To all things NFL uh, We're still on the previews And this week It's my home run The AFC West so, hey, we got Connor here, we've got Ronan. Hello. And we got Sean. Hello. How are we now, lads? Uh, How has the last week been as we were pretending that we're not filming these uh, back-to-back? Uh, wasn't that news story really interesting? Indeed. Uh, <laughs> yes, that shocking development was very shocking. Actually. Okay, so we'll fire on in here. Uh, first up, we will look at the Broncos. They decided to solve their quarterback problem with Teddy Bridgewater. Um <laughs> They've also added uh, Patrick Sertin, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Javante Williams and Mike Boone. Um, they've done quite a bit of a turnover on the defensive side. A.J. Bowie, Jeremiah Tewoochoo, Will Parks, Gerald Casey and Demarcus Walker going. They lost Philip Lindsay, Nick Vanette, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, uh, Juwan James, Dimar Dotson and Elijah Wilkinson all from the uh, offensive side of the ball. So a lot of movement here. This is a team that I think spent... Last off season, going into it, thinking that they maybe have something with uh, with uh, Drew Locke, uh, thinking this might be the year. They have found some good pieces. Like they've got some they've got some skillful players uh, on the team. They've got some nice defensive pieces. But what went from the I believe the, the nickname they were giving him was Big Cock Locke uh, has now just become a dead weight on a team that doesn't seem to be really able to do that much for them. Teddy Bridgewater has been brought in, although um, we've discussed this at length beforehand, like I don't rate Teddy Bridgewater at all. And I think if anything, this is stalling them. They could have, you know, gone for someone in the draft instead. Uh, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater pushes them over any kind of edge here at all. Um, They have possibly one of the best wide receiver tight end groups in the league at the moment. Uh, Now, I know they're all quite young and so on, but like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick, with Noah Fanta tight end is an incredible set of offensive weapons. Um, I'm so, so on Melvin Gordon. I'm not sure about the running back position all that much. I think they've got a rookie in there as well, but like this is a team that is primed to be able to go and do some really exciting things on offense. And then you look at who's going to be throwing the ball. I'm just not, I'm not excited about the offense.
0: Yeah. It's like you have this really exciting car and it's just sitting there and there's, there's nothing you can do because you can't, you know, you just lost your license or something like that. And you've got Drew Locke. <laughs> he's the only person who can drive it. And you're like, well, he's just going to crash it. Why would I even bother? <laughs> like, this is just this is the situation because obviously, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And, and my opinion probably won't happen. But obviously, if you took Aaron Rodgers and put them on this roster you would yeah. be looking at someone who could genuinely take on the Chiefs in the AFC West, could genu- and, and by extension, basically be a Super Bowl contender immediately. The offense is exciting from top to bottom. You talk about the wide receiver weapons there. Obviously, Kurtlin Sutton coming back after his injury. Jerry Judy is a great route runner and is only hurt by the fact that Drew Lock can't throw an accurate ball. Basically, he, I think he had the highest percentage of you know non-catchable balls sent his way. And I think a very high percentage of basically been open, according to the advanced analytics. And Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler both showed really good upside in the in the reps that they got last year in the absence of Kirtland Sutton. Noah Fant is an elite tight end. Albert O showed some uh, kind of interesting upside as kind of his as deputy. And the offensive line, Garrett Ball, Dalton Richner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, Bobby Massey, who they picked up um, after his cut by Chicago. These are all at least average and most of them are above average, if not even better. Um, and, you know, the, like the, the offense, you know, it definitely looked like the offense wasn't necessarily broken last year, it just like that Drew Locke is not good at throwing the ball accurately, which is kind of an issue for him. And then you turn to the defense, which obviously Vic Fangio is a defensive coach, and the defenses have been pretty solid. That Von Miller is back this year. Bradley Chubb is back this year. That's you know, if they're both back who we expect them to be, that's one of the best pass ta- pass rush tandems in the league. Shelby Harris, Tremont Jones, Nike Purcell, these are all solid defensive linemen. And then in the defensive backfield, like I don't know why they picked, you know, uh like Patrick Sertain in the first round at that position when they have needs everywhere else and their defensive backfield was one of the strengths of the team. But it's Vic Fangio, he loves defensive backs. But you know, they add Patrick Surtain. Uh, one of the best uh, rookie cornerbacks and he's surrounded by Kyle Fuller coming over from um, Chicago. They have Ronald Darby coming back. They have Bryce Callahan, one of the best slot corners in the league. Like this, is, and then you have Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons at the safety spots, that is a really, really good defensive backfield. So you're looking at this entire roster, you're going, this is a great roster, and if you're anything except for you, Connor obviously, as a Chiefs fan, you're going to go, and what an absolute waste of it. Because I think Vic Fangio hasn't been a terrible coach for them, it's just that classic case that if you don't have a quarterback, or in this case you have two, you know, at best, probably mediocre quarterbacks, you don't have a successful football team, um, in 99% of the time, and we're all looking at this, and I think based on our projections, we're all saying this is just going to be another season lost for a team that uh, you know has now had multiple of them since Peyton Manning left town. Um, and I just I don't see the quarterback position being solved. And, and you know, despite all this talent, despite all the things I've praised, you know, Javonte Williams is, is exciting as a rookie. Uh, it's just not going to go anywhere, especially when you have good teams in this division.
1: Yeah, I find it funny that you mentioned just like the investment on the defensive backs and safeties and like what they've done there, because I think that's probably it, it, it. it's a good positive sign for them in a certain extent, because that means that they're looking in their division. They're saying, look, we've got Patrick Mahomes, we've got Justin Herbert in here. This is the area that we need to strengthen up if we want to compete with them. It is just, as you said, the lack of the lack of skill at other positions is going to stop them. Their their defence is is being set up well though to deal with what's in their division against them. Uh yeah. like Sean, outside of outside of getting a quarterback, can you like is, is there anything they can do?
2: Well I mean I mean Ronan's kinda of said it all is, is that all they really need is a quarterback and yeah, um, well, I mean, you can you can make cases to argue that the the bounty of offensive weapons sure shows potential, but maybe none of them are have been are outstanding um, kind of superstar types. You can argue that the, the defense it's a good array of talent, and there's going to be improvement, but people like Von Miller are aging. So, I mean, you can make the case that this team maybe has potential, but equally could not. Um, um, meet that potential. But the big problem is none of it really matters because if you're having to choose between the, the uselessness of Drew Locke versus the, at least Chetty Bridgewater is solidly mediocre and, and you know he'll give you your seven wins a year kind of thing. I mean, if that's your choice, I mean, I have to imagine, um, even though it's unlikely at this point they're going to get someone like Aaron Rodgers or, or even someone like Deshaun Watson, if I'm the Broncos, that's got to be the focus for the next two months months it's like somehow get something better, yeah, on it. And the Teddy Bridgewater would be a great backup. He really he would be a really solid backup to have in a team. And you could you could trade Lock away, or you could you could release him, or whatever. They're they're that one star quarterback away from being mm. a very good team in what is otherwise going to be a very tough division for them to get many wins in because it's quite solid. Yeah. Otherwise, except for maybe the Raiders,
1: unless it's not a long term division, again. I just think fuck it just just. Send Jacksonville the fourth or fifth round pick, they need to give you Gardner Minshew. Like you'll have a bit of fun with it at least. Uh, I like because this is this is a this is ninety percent of this team is talent, and then it's just like oh yeah, th- that just means that that's irrelevant. Like yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I think the saddest
0: thing is that like the, like because uh, I think Vic Fangio is is a good defensive coordinator, or sorry, well he formerly defensive coordinator. Like this is a team that could have more wins than we're predicting, but I think to a certain extent. Because of the quarterback situation, we're all a little bit also, I don't really want them to see them win too many games, like be relevant for the playoffs, because even if, even if they do manage to get enough out of Teddy Bridgewater, or, or maybe less likely Drew Locke, they're probably not going to be a particularly fun team to be invested in either. So, yeah. you know, I think I think we're, we're not just discounting that the quarterback situation is bad uh, on the field in, in terms of um, wins, but also that it would also make them very uh, boring to watch, because the defense might be good enough to make them relevant, but I don't really want them to be relevant while they don't solve that problem.
1: Yeah, so I've got them, and Harry's got them going four and thirteen. So we're very much on the downside of that. You guys, a little bit more positive?
0: Seven, seven and ten for me and Sean. Number eleven seed each time. So yeah, yeah I seen. think <laughs> I think once again, it's like you could see how they get more wins, but I don't even necessarily want them to have more wins. I don't know, Sean, if you kind of agree with that.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think maybe seven is actually a little bit higher for what they have, but it, kind of factoring in the like ten percent chance that they get a star quarterback, and so you got to even it out in terms of the um, the how we finish at the end and how close you are to the to the end results. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's
1: a good team wasted, is what. Yeah. Next up, we have the LA Chargers. Uh, so they have found it. Probably a surprise to most of the draft mix they found their uh, they found their quarterback last year justin herbert stepped up after their medical staff assaulted their starting quarterback and uh and popped his lung in pre-game uh, as i remember it happening um but yes they've now got their quarterback in the future so they decided to build around that they bring in new head coach brandon staley and office and coordinator joe lombardi to build around him they Bring in Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater, Matt Flair, and Ode Obushi on the offensive line to try and protect him, and Jared Cook to provide a little bit of extra as well. And on the defense, Asante Samuel, Kyle Frackrell, Ryan Smith, and Christian Covington all come in to try and help out there. They had a bit of turnover, um, tight end Hunter Henry's gone. Uh, their offensive line, I was saying Virgil Green as well, but their offensive line, they basically said we're going to turn it all over, so Trey Turner Mike Pouncey, Sam Tevy, Dan Feeney, they're all gone, on the defensive side, Melvin Ingram, Denzel Perryman, Isaac Rochelle, Nick Vigil, uh, Casey Harryward, Rashawn Jenkins, Mike Davis, and uh, Tahila Dai are all gone, so a huge amount of turnover on that side of the ball, now as I remember Brandon Staley is a defensive coach Uh, he comes from the Rams,
2: isn't it? Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So presumably this is him saying, right, I'm going to put my stamp on this. I'm going to start bringing in my players. I'm going to start working through the roster who works, who doesn't. Uh, they've got to invest on that offensive line, protect the asset, because the question really for them is, Herbert, will he be grow with this new offensive line? Will he work with the new offensive coordinator? Will this be something where they have it? Is this going to be you know, we've kind of I kind of forget that it used to always be a historical thing of sophomore slump where uh, rookie quarterbacks who come out of the gates well tend to fall back a little bit in the second season, be it because of tape or whatever. But obviously, new offensive coordinator, potentially new offensive scheme, that might uh, that, that, that might help counteract that a little bit. Um, but, you know, this is it's a bit of change for, 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 for a team that had so much success last year with the quarterback in the system that they had. They have turned over a good chunk of the roster, but they're bringing in a new offensive system. Now, Lombardi might run a similar system, but do we think that'll help or hamper Herbert's growth?
2: I mean, don't expect miracles is what I would say. I mean, this is is year two, right? And we see that most young quarterbacks. Also the Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) chargers. They will charge at some point. That they will somehow lose a game that they um, have dominated for 59 and a half minutes. But um, no, I mean, I think it's important not to get too hyped. I mean, I think they're a playoff team and I, and I think they will compete in the division if ultimately they, they won't get too close to the Chiefs. But this is year two of the Herbert thing. And we know that most quarterbacks probably don't blossom until the, the, kind of the third, maybe the fourth year. So the talent is there, but it's going to take time for him to adjust to whatever new schemes... The, the, the offensive coordinator wants to bring in to adjust to the, how the offensive line works. I think he's probably going to need some coaching consistency. He's going to need maybe two years with the same coaching setup before he begins to break through to the next level. I mean, I, I, he's a lot of talent, but I think it's still quite raw. I don't know if he's got the, he developed really the kind of the game management maturity that we would need from a player like him. So Herbert will be better than last year. Um, and... The offensive line will protect him and that will be an improvement in itself. But yeah, I, I think it'll probably be next year before we see him become the, the superstar that we all kind of suspect that he might be.
1: Like this is, as I said, a defensive head coach. They've got a lot of talent on this defence. Obviously, stars like Bosa and, uh, and and people like that, but they, uh, Derwin James and so on, but they bring in Asante Samuel. They've got a lot of, like, some turnover but they do have a fair whack of talent there and with this i believe the term that you used beforehand fitz was uh wunderkin for these for these young guys who have you know been adjacent to uh to the uh the the la rams uh mcveigh mcveigh yes. type uh, d- Mc, Mc, McVeigh's uh you know distant friends uh are now getting getting calls over this do you expect well, Staley to be able to have a huge impact on this on this uh defense in year one
0: look uh, obviously I said that in the context of uh young Zach Taylor and being a bit over promoted to the the, the the to the Cincinnati job a couple of years ago I think Brandon Staley has earned a bit more respect than that because obviously he took over from Wade Phillips And obviously a talented group in in, in L.A., but he did create the number one uh, defense in his first year, taking over from obviously someone as respected as Wade Phillips. And he was headhunted by Sean McVay. And obviously, after a single year there, he's already got a head coach job. By all accounts, people talk him as a McVay type for the defense, someone with that level of attention to detail and someone with that kind of level of, you know, organizational nuance and the ability to kind of, you know, like have everything in mind at once. And all those kind of crazy anecdotes you hear about him able to replay, you know, recall plays from 1962 or whatever like that you know, uh, Bill Benedict-type bullshit. So I think on the defence, certainly in terms of Staley, I don't think that's the problem. I think if there's a problem on the defence, it will be the problem that's been on this defence for many years now, which is keeping people healthy. Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, these are guys who are game-wreckers if they're healthy, but uh, too often have spent significant time on the uh, sidelines. Now, given the story we heard about uh, Terod Taylor last year, maybe uh, i hope that they've changed the medical staff and maybe that was yeah. the issue uh, or just the training staff or whatever i'm sure brandon snelly if he's as smart as we as as, as, he, as we think he is or based on what we've heard um he'll have done the analytics and realize you know maybe you should pay more for your uh, those people involved in, in strength and conditioning and in terms of your health staff because <laughs> they can be quite significant <laughs> sometimes and like the defense isn't changed that much like i think you know obviously they uh, they, they they obviously uh, lost kind of the long-term partner Ingram to uh, Bosa, uh, but also U- 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 has probably been better than him uh, the last season and a half, really. Kenneth Murray, he was drafted highly last year at inside linebacker. It'll be interesting to see whether he can step up now at more of the veterans, um, such as Denzel Perryman out the door, um, whether he can do that. And of course, yeah, on the offense. So I think for me, I think the defense should be fine. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a top five defense, but I think at least it should be, you know, above average, like top 15 type defense. So then, of course, the the big questions will, of course, come on the offense. And I think it is worth just pointing out that Joe Lombardi, you know, his last last time he was an offensive coordinator was with the Lions um, and it didn't go very well. I'm so
1: excited. They've got the (laughs) Lions offense on their side. Ooh, roar. Yeah.
0: So, and and the, the reports from that time was that he was, Way too invested in trying to run the offense that the New Orleans Saints did. Uh, And obviously, you know, you don't have Drew Brees. uh, You know, you don't have the same situation. Now, you do have Justin Herbert. You do have Austin Eckler. You do have Keenan Allen. You do have Mike Williams. So, like, you know, if you have that level of talent up front, maybe the offensive scheme isn't that important but it is a major question mark whether Joe Lombardi is is more than just his his namesake and is actually someone who has learned from that experience being humbled by it um, a bit maybe like Josh McDaniels was when he went back to New England with his, with his tail between his legs um, so you know obviously we know that in New Orleans they have one of the best um, offences in the league how much of that was Lombardi probably not that much compared to Sean Payton but if he's learned from his experience uh, over the last few years from Sean Payton, learn from the failure in Detroit and is willing to work with what he has and in particular invest in Justin Herbert and develop his skills and, and maybe not throw out the entire offense that existed last year and kind of build on the things that obviously worked really well for Herbert. Um, if the offensive line changes work out well and definitely they usually have one of the worst offensive lines and they've brought in a lot of guys who I would generally rate quite highly um, and who have some familiarity with each other, maybe the only question mark there, then it should work out enough that's not a problem but like like every chargers roster since time immemorial you definitely can see oh if you take out that guy to injury and that guy to injury this could you know end up being a lot more underwhelming than we hope based on this you know top 11 on both sides of the ball but uh, you know it's the chargers we got to invest you know our hopes in it you know when there's any sense of optimism only to have them brutally dashed against the reality of NFL uh, football. But uh, I'm willing to invest it for him now because Justin Herbert has earned that. Uh, and if Joe Lombardi isn't a complete fuckwit, I, I don't think he can ruin him too much. Uh, yeah. Except it's the Chargers. So I'm like, I'm saying it out loud and I'm like, but it's the Chargers. But let, let's believe for now.
1: Yeah, I have them uh, I've going 13 and 4. Good for number 5 seed and going all the way to the divisional round. Yeah, I have them
0: go getting eleven and six, number five seed, wild card elimination. Yeah, Sean, you're similar, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I also have eleven and six, but that gets the money sixth seed and also going out in the wild card
1: so and uh harry actually has him with the most wins 14 but he has them going out in the wild card so uh no oh, interesting uh like i said they, they're a good team and like they, they definitely do have the talent there that they could push over if lombardi sits in well and staley is kind of a a, a good defensive mind and can get that stuff going then they are definitely kind of up there with a, a contending team um next up my boys the kansas city chiefs um so Obviously, the big the big move this offseason, following the Super Bowl, was to rebuild uh, the offensive line entirely. So uh, they've added Joe Tooney at guard, Orlando Brown at tackle, Creed Humphreys center, and uh, LDT is back from COVID um, at at the guard position. They also added Michael Burton. Oh, because we don't have sausage anymore. Jarek McKinnon, Blake Bell. Uh, Cole Powell uh, on the defensive side, Jeran Reed. My cues, will parks Nick Bolton and uh Kimeli Correa. Uh, on the outside, uh, the part of the in on the offensive line means out on the other. So Eric Fisher, who we mentioned earlier, is now with the Colts. Uh, Schwartz, who is getting surgery and may return to one of two uh, either also another team, probably another team at that point. And uh, my personal favorite, uh, Sausage himself, uh, our fullback Sherman is gone. Uh, Austin Reeder, collegia uh, Semele, who you remember, tore both his uh. Uh, both of his achilles i think simultaneously mm. in one move which is horrible uh position wise sammy watkins damian williams lev bell ricky seals jones all gone uh not a ton of snap count between them gone um but people particularly sammy watkins could put it on whenever they were when they were in form they were they were good and on the defensive side alex oakford tano cap uh K passes we used to call breeland antonio hamilton damian wilson all gone um yeah, so all of these questions are Super Bowl hangovers. Uh, I think they've basically taken the the issues of the Super Bowl, that being the the. Uh, line getting absolutely decimated moments having no time to to do anything and just said okay they made joe tootie the highest paid guard they traded for orlando brown and like they are they are looking to to sort that position out they even have i think they is lucas Nyang the rookie from last year who opted out because of covid is expected to challenge to possibly take the the right tackle position as well so they they're looking at that an awful lot um i'd say my main concern with the team um just uh from an initial point would be not dissimilar to the query we had about the titans about a degree of top heaviness as we said look every team is susceptible if their quarterback was to get injured but this is a team that kind of runs through hill and kelsey uh for the most part they're they're one and two um there's a chance for the for the rookie to get a run. He was coming along quite well before he got injured at the end, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire to kind of get further involved. But if you remove Hill or Kelsey, it'll be difficult to to see the team getting um the same level of production. Hill there there are some some, some speedsters behind, but no one quite with the skill level he'll have and kelsey i think they've tried for a couple of years to try and get in um developmental prospects to make the tight end two kind of work and they've not really gotten a huge amount like blake bell is there this year i think he was there a year or two ago as well like it's it's uh there's there's not a ton of depth behind that um which i think could be could be a problem and then obviously there's a lot of turnover on the defense as well but uh Look, I'm 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 deep in the in the in the reads on this one. So, what what do you guys think? What would you be looking at at this roster, and where would your concerns be?
0: Well, I think the most interesting thing to me about Chiefs is how their approach to roster building has happened over the last few years, obviously, and especially now, of course, with Pat Mahomes getting paid, um, you know, roughly his, his economic value. Um, how it hasn't really changed their approach too much, and how they're kind of very opportunistic in terms of how they try to acquire players. Like one approach, the classic approach would be kind of do a Green Bay Packers where you draft a lot of guys and then you rebuild the roster that way. But that's not really what we've seen this offseason and previous offseasons. What we saw is they traded relatively aggressively to get Orlando Brown, a player who was an oppie at the Ravens and who has been a was a really good left tackle for the Ravens. And it just happened to be a situation where um, they already had a left tackle um, who just happened to be injured last year. Uh, who gave Orlando Brown that chance. You got him for a fairly good price. And then you get Joe Tooney. You probably paid him a bit more than you would like. But, you know, uh, I think, you you know, at the modern NFL, you can probably make that work. And then you you bring, you get an Austin Blight. Uh, you, you bring back Austin Blight and then you get Creed Humphrey, Um, uh, in the draft and you get them to compete against each other and as you mentioned Lucas Niang might be competing with Mike Remmers and I think Kyle Long who who I think picked up an injury so was unlikely to play this year or much to contribute much this year and was expected to compete with uh, LDT Um, so I think that was interesting on the defense you see similar moves you see Jerron Reid who was unhappy with Seattle got cut and then the Chiefs come in, and and, and you know, obviously, we see Mike Hughes getting traded uh, by Minnesota for basically nothing. Um, who was a former, I think, a former first round pick, and obviously, he joins a backfield, uh, with your various warden and like Jerry Sneed, which is full of a lot of in you know, maybe not name brand players, but guys who will be expected to kind of do, um, you know, do their thing because I think you know. It especially makes sense on the defense, I think, because Steve Spagnuolo is a kind of old-school defensive coordinator, runs a relatively complex scheme, if I remember correctly, and one which tends to be very aggressive. And I suppose the idea is that, you know, if you have the the, the, the if you have enough people blitzing and stuff like that, um, uh, then it can make up you know, hopefully they have, frankly, they hope to have Frank Harkinsle, of course, um, then that can kind of make up for some of the deficiencies in the back end. And of course, Tyron Matthew and Juan Tornhill are, are one of the better safety geos in the league. So that can also help a lot as well. Um, So, you know, I think with the Chiefs, like there's uh, like a lot of analysis there. They're doing a lot of interesting things in roster stuff. But I think you have to, you, you know, I think anyone who's a Chiefs fan like yourself would admit that, you know, the depth perhaps isn't there, that, you know, where are the new players that they're developing internally coming from? It's like, there hasn't really been a success where they've taken a player, drafted them and made them into a star in the recent, in in the last three years, say that really stands out. And so that has to be a concern. Like maybe CEH ends up being that guy at running back. um, But I think that has to be a concern, but Despite that, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Travis Kelce on, off- on offense. They have a offensive line that, at least on paper, should be no worse than last year, I think. And then on the defense, I think Spags has kind of uh, earned the benefit of the doubt and they picked up some really smart, like what could potentially be really nice bargains. So, you know, for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes exists. It's hard not to discount him as a Super Bowl contender as long as he's there. Um, and overall, like it's a thin roster, but one which if the top 11 on both sides play um, you know, there's no reason to doubt that he can't continue to be uh, making the, the dreams of all the other AFC teams die and cry.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it is ultimately, I think it all comes down to Mahomes. I mean, he's basically a cheat code. He'll, he'll get you 13, 14, 15 wins a season. Um, You put players of the talent of Hill and Kelsey around him, and it's very hard to stop. I think we saw last year that they're just, there were just so many different ways the team could have advance the ball and, and could, could really hurt uh, other defences. It was hard to stop everything, especially now that they have a running game as well uh, in Edwards-Hilaire behind it. Um, so um, And taking that out and then putting improvements to the offensive line, I, I, like, I obviously I'm a big fan of Thune and and uh, like Brown as well, so I think they add a lot. Um, I think it's all coming together. I think they're going to be the team to beat because they were the team to beat last year and ultimately only, you know, when it mattered, only one team actually did manage to beat them and, and they did it by winning the Super Bowl. So and like yeah, I think they'll be there thereabouts.
0: And remember they like, lost their two tackles for that game, so maybe it was a bit of a yeah, uh, unfair yeah. there.
2: I mean it's the yeah the the, the O line the O-line fixes are, are a big thing as well and obviously but obviously you can't legislate for injuries as well. But I mean you have to imagine that it won't happen too much. I'll be interested to see if McCole Hartman develops a little bit more this year. He could be that other op- Option that you were talking about, Connor. One mm-hmm. thing to keep a note on, and it was the only kind of downside I found in my kind of Chiefs research, is statistically last year they led the league in yards, but they were only sixth in the league in scoring. So you would wonder a little bit maybe about converting. Um, I don't remember them being particularly bad in the red zone, but perhaps they weren't quite. Oh, well, we were. like
1: we, It was bizarre. We had this, we had this crazy stat where we were incredibly effective from uh toward, like something like 30 yards out we scored an obscene percentage of the time and then whenever we got into short yardage we just didn't and i i don't i don't understand it i i don't understand it but yeah they were really 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 dodgy last year in short yardage and red zone Um yeah so then, oh, excuse me so maybe that's a thing
2: you need to keep an eye on as well to uh to make sure to, I, I just yeah I find it hard to not to not see them in the Super Bowl again I think they would have to probably lose Mahomes injury or have an injury crisis of three or four star players elsewhere to take them out of contention because they're that talented and Mahomes is just that good
0: yeah I think the one, the one thing I suppose about this team compared to maybe a couple of years ago is that if Matt Moore had to come in maybe they wouldn't have win as many games as they did back then <laughs> but it's, they'd probably still win some games but uh, yeah like Patrick Mahomes is just—he really good. Uh, thanks for this uh, amazing analysis from the All Four Quarters podcast. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: so I have them going fifteen and two and getting to the AFC Championship game. Um, you fits have thirteen and four and Super Bowl. Yep,
0: uh, number one seed in my case because I'm—I use shrinkage. I, I never predict any of these high uh, win rates
1: that you yeah. guys do, uh, Johnny. Yeah, I have them
2: fifty and two, which I think is the best record in the NFL, number one seed up seat, and then winning the Super Bowl. And hard to see them not winning, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I got the, and then Harry's got them fourteen and three, and going out in the divisional round. Um, yeah, I, I think I mentioned it on the previous one. Uh, I have them go to the AFC Championship game, and uh, I have them losing to the eventual Super Bowl winners, the Browns, which uh, I think is a it, 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 it's a very acceptable way for your team to not win the Super Bowl is for the Browns to go and win it instead. Um, <laughs> Excellent. And finally, on to the Raiders. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders have continued to be mediocre. Uh, there is a lot of, I meant to mention this in the news section as well, there's a huge amount of rumors swir- swirling that it was the Raiders that Tom Brady was referring to in the interview he did with LeBron James about, I can't believe they're sticking with that fucker or that son of a bitch. <laughs> um yeah which is which is quite funny um but Derek Carr doesn't feel that way Derek Carr has been out in public and saying that uh well if he wasn't a, he doesn't think he'd want to play for another team that he wants to I be will die a Raider says I Derek will die <laughs> a Raider. Um, yeah so the Raiders uh continue a very interesting approach to team building where they just throw shit at a wall and hope that something sticks uh they've added Janakin and Solomon Thomas Quentin Jefferson Casey Hayward, Trayvon Morig, uh, Divine Diablo, Carl Joseph, and uh, Tyree Gillespie on the defensive side, and Kenyon Drake, uh, oh, he's a difference maker, uh, Alex Leatherwoods, John Brown, Nick Martin, and Willie Snead on the offense. They lost, because, uh, you know, the smart thing is, what's the strength of your team? Oh, your offensive line? Let's just get that out of town. Uh, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, and Sam Young are all gone. Um, Nelson Aguilar, Jason Witten, Devonte Booker, Tyrell Williams gone from the offense. Less less worry about those skill position losses. And then the defense: uh, Lamarcus Joyner, Tack McKinley, Malik Collins, Arden Key, Marcy Hurst, uh, Nicholas Morrow, and Jeff Heath are all gone. Um, yeah, Gruden really loving his ten year fucking contract. The job security is keeping him fine. I imagine I think we mentioned this before, I imagine that Mayock might be sweating at this point. Um they yeah, they just I I don't see what they're trying to achieve here at all. It's there's there's a little bit of the there's a little bit of the of the Broncos issue here, except like, you know, that they have they do have slightly better quarterback playing out of out of car than than the guys are getting there. But like they have, like, Josh Jacobs is an excellent running back. Kenyon Drake is fine. Like, they just need support because he got injured previously. Like, Henry Ruggs, John Brown, Darren Waller, and whoever, Hunter Wenfo or whoever wins it, Willie Sneed or something. Like, that's a pretty nice offensive list to, or, or like, offensive weapons to be, to be dealing with. I don't know why they blew up the the line as much as they did because i don't know but it's good richie incognito is still there so that's that that, that that's a positive he'll make sure all those rookies are kind of bullied into doing the right fucking thing <laughs> like i i just don't i don't how, how do you take rodney hudson who's playing as like a top three top five center and go we want to get rid of this guy but we want to keep like an already two years past his sell by date richie incognito i i don't understand that um like he did knock on wood for Mayock or something. Um, The defence, they've now got, like, Gus Bradley is there. They do have, they've invested an awful lot of draft picks and, like, you know, money in just bringing in people onto that defence, and they haven't been getting any production even close to what they should have been. Um, So what do we think, guys? Am I just, just off because I don't like the Raiders, or, like... I, I i just don't see i don't see what they're doing better this year than they did last year particularly oh no,
2: no there's no there's no difference it's i mean it's yeah moving deck chairs around i mean nothing with the raiders is ever going to change i mean the sun is going to explode long before john gruden loses his job as head head coach i mean this is this is a team that has no identity and no sense of itself i mean the best the the Raiders could probably do is if they spent their entire summer just watching the two games they played against the Chiefs last year where they actually turned up and played yeah they pushed the Chiefs quite hard in, in both games and won one and almost won the other and if they could somehow capture that that energy and intensity and, and will to win and actually play a full season they could actually they could actually go somewhere. Their, their wide receiver core as I agree is is good. I really like Henry Ruggs I know he He's raw, but he does have a lot of talent there. He's got a lot to learn about, you know, being a wide receiver, how to get open and, you know, run schemes and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, And Brown is interesting, and Waller, obviously, is, is quite a good tight end. So there is a lot there, and Derek Carr is hes very mediocre. But he does mm. – it's odd. He's not like Bridgewater where you can just tell he's just never going to be any better. You kind of feel that Derek Carr maybe has an above-average season in him, when he when he wants to, but it just doesn't seem to know how to get it out
1: um, all the time. Derek, Derek, Derek so, yeah, Carr is Andy Dalton. Derek Carr is Andy Dalton.
2: Yeah, yeah, there, there, yeah, definitely. There's a there's a lot in that, and you know he might have you know the Dalton run where he, he gets them to like a couple of wildcard games or something. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting in the in the defense. I mean Bradley is a good pickup. I mean he's certainly going to be better than Paul Gunter anyway. Um and you yeah. know, they, the, the secondary looks a little bit young. There might be some work there. The Their problem is mainly is that the division is quite stacked. I mean, even the Broncos, who we thought are not going to do well, actually have a lot of talent. So the Raiders have a lot of tough games. And I just don't know if they have. I think it much as I just I just don't, don't think they have the heart. I don't think they have the will to win that's going to get them too many wins in this division where teams will eat them alive if they don't turn up and play their A game every week. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: it, it, you know, what we've seen from this team is a team that collapses when it matters. Like, you, you know, they get that big win against the Chiefs and then they, they absolutely shit the bed down the back half of the year after being in a good position to make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, the problem with this team, look, like I get it, like Derek Carr, he's not the best quarterback in the league but I don't think he's been the problem for this team he's done what's been expected of him and if the defense had done anything over the last couple of years they probably would have made the playoffs um would they have won like the the Super Bowl with Derek Carr probably not but at least you would have seen some progress there and you know Nelson Aguilar was their top wide receiver last year but you can you know question how good he is but at least he kind of uh, took advantage of those deep uh opportunities that Derek Carr was putting up on play action. Um whereas Henry Ruggs wasn't doing that. And now Henry Ruggs is expected to jump immediately up to wide receiver one and doesn't like even come out of college when they took him so high in the draft, which like let's be honest like, I'll get in a moment I how- team-building in the Raiders doesn't really make sense. But, no. um, you know, Henry Ruggs is now the wide receiver one. Doesn't really have the skills that you associate with that position. Definitely didn't show the the kind of progress you needed last year for him to turn into that. And then they put, pair him with John Brown, who is basically the very similar to being the exact type of player. So you got mm. two over-the-top guys, and you've got Hunter Renfro, who's a decent slot guy. And you're kind of going, well, this would make sense if you had a, you know, a good offensive line, um, and you were setting up a play-action offense, but you just got rid of your good offensive line and replaced it with guys who were backups last year, like Denzel Good, and old people like Richie Incognito. Like Colton Miller is a decent left tackle. Alex Leatherwood is a rookie, and he's expected to perform at right tackle immediately. And then they're expecting Nick Martin or Andrew James to step up after he picked up in free agency. And you're kind of going, like, look, uh, like I understood why they made those changes. Like Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson and Trent Brown never really uh, well. Like they didn't perform last year and maybe the year before at the level that their contract suggests that they should have. But I, you know, on uh, based on everything that we've seen over the course of their career, I see very little reason to believe that this new offensive line is going to be better and that suddenly that, that, that like it was those guys with the problem and not. John Gruden, it might be his problem. He might be the problem. Um, just just saying. But um, look, like besides Darren Waller, this entire offensive line, sorry, this entire offense, is just a huge question mark about like, does that guy really have what it takes to be a top-level contributor at the position he's been given? Like Henry Ruggs, I think you know there's reason to be optimistic that he's a good player, but not in the position that they're putting him in. And then on the defence, which of course I said was the problem, major problem last year, they had one of the worst defences in the league despite so many draft picks being sprinkled on this by John Gruden or Mike Mayock I still probably, I still have
1: the picture of Cleveland Farrell being confused that he was being drafted that highly yeah. <laughs> saved on my phone it's just like amazing what,
0: that was like number six for a guy who was expected to be picked maybe at the bottom of the first uh, round and like you know like Mike Mayock is to blame no it's John Gruden he's it's, it's John John Gruden is to blame but like, like before we shit in John Gruden which I will definitely do in a moment Uh, let, like the defence like they bring in Ngokwe who I think was like he had two different changes in his, his team last year doesn't really strike me as a guy who necessarily comes in and makes an immediate impact if the team building and that was with the Ravens and the Vikings who I consider to be pretty good teams Um, in terms of at least their sort of defences and we're expecting the Raiders and Gus Bradley to suddenly get the best out of them like we're expecting Cleveland. Farrell will probably still be given a chance to be started despite the fact that Max Crosby, one of the few good draft picks they made in the mid rounds, um, you know, probably will be started over him because reasons. And then Quentin Jefferson and Solomon Thomas are expected to be part of your defensive line um rotation. Like, you know, this doesn't really make sense. And like Nick Kutowski is a solid, like, you know, like you know, top, like maybe the 16th best linebacker in the league. Not really going to revolutionize everything. And the and like you're bringing in Carl Joseph as like you're bringing back Carl Joseph as kind of a linebacker safety experiment. And you know, Jonathan Abram has been a big disappointment when he has actually played and isn't breaking his shoulder, being an asshole, trying to break people's skulls open. Trevor Moore is a rookie expected to make an immediate contribution at free safety. And then Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, um, Nevin, Lott, like you know, uh, these guys. These are guys who were drafted highly, but with the Raiders, does that really mean anything? Like Casey Hayward, at least as a veteran, at least should offer some stability there and then Nevin Lawson, maybe if these guys don't work out. And so, and and I think the worst thing about this is like, if we're talking about the roster of construction, we're talking about John Gruden. I'm not going to blame him. Well, Mike Mayock, I'll blame him because he's probably out of his depth, but it's John Gruden who holds key here. Like when you look at the people that he lost in this offseason on the defense, LaMarcus Joyner, Arden Key, Maurice Hurst, um jeff Heath, and um, these uh, well jeffy maybe less so but like these were the guys who were part of the first john gruden rebuild either in free agency um or in the draft and these yeah. guys are already getting shoved overboard and you know i think you know we've said this probably last offseason uh, definitely and we said it during the season last season and you know it just it's it's definitely just true the problem with this team is that john gruden it's not good at his job, and John Gruden certainly does not deserve to be some Bill Belichick level controls the entire organization type coach. And it's very clear that that is what he has. And or what like four years into the ten year contract that the, the you know Davis isn't Mark Davis isn't rich enough to get out of. Uh, so if you're a Raiders fan, look maybe they can make it all together. Like there's enough talent in this team that if it all clicked, it could certainly turn into like a playoff team. But that is very much the ceiling for this team. It's been the ceiling since John Cruden came into town. And there's no way I can see that ceiling going any further. And the floor could be very low, um, given this level of turnover and this rebuild to Boogaloo bullshit.
1: I, I got to presume this is Carr's last year. Like, even if it's not his fault, if you're on if you're on year five of a rebuild... Over, over his dead body. <laughs> yes, yes, that's... Uh, that may well be what happens anyway. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, this is uh, this is this I is. I
0: think he 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 literally said that if if they tried to trade him, he'd rather, he'd retire. He'd do a Carson Palmer type. Well, not Carson Palmer, but a, uh he would just retire rather than get traded, basically.
1: Yeah, which like to be honest, that that to me says that they've had serious conversations about trading him, and he doesn't want it to happen. Yeah, like he. I, he's I don't know. He's, well, he he's, he's nuking his own trade value. Like he's, if you took.
0: Derek Carr and put him on the Broncos. I'd be kind of excited enough for that. I'd be like, he could definitely lead an offense that good in the Broncos to some interest, like to be at least playoff relevant with the Chargers and Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I, I thought maybe 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 wildcard competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I take
0: that as a Raiders fan right now, considering you know, and like as I said at the very start of that rant, which was admittedly a rant, you know, that the way that they collapsed at the end of last season was just so worrying because that's happened multiple times they they kind of start the season okay they beat the chiefs and then they think they're god's gift to earth and john gruden's like going oh i'm the best and then they collapse horribly and yeah. i'm sure as a chiefs fan that is actually hilarious and long may it continue oh, it is. but
1: like i'm sure i'm sure you, i'm sure you read the stuff that like whenever they beat the chiefs they started doing laps of honor around the chief stadium um, yeah. <laughs> in the team bus and you're like oh it's and, like and before, a week six game. Like, what's what's going
0: yeah. on? Oh, and I, I didn't even remember to say, like, why did they sign Kenyon Drake? Mm. Uh, yeah, we need Kenyon no Drake. We, we don't need offensive linemen. We need Kenyon Drake. That's John Gruden logic right there.
1: <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just absolute, absolute madness. Uh, maybe Maybe because they're now in Vegas and it's all okay again, maybe all of the players put their entire year's checks on them to beat the Chiefs in that game. And that's why they tried so hard on that one. And then they've just been partying in Vegas ever since.
2: (laughs) That is the most plausible theory I've heard so far.
1: And the the reason that they're all back this year is because they then put the rest of their money on them to win yeah. the second game
0: and and they're getting away with it because john gruden probably still thinks that gambling is banned <laughs>
1: yeah it's true he has no idea um this is this is a remarkable one for us to have our record predictions we have all given them six and eleven uh now that is a variety of everything from ninth best to 14th best in the afc but yes six and eleven um That seems about right, that they'll kind of maybe chop it up with the Broncos. They've got a few easier games because of their final placing last year. But yeah, it's like, this is just a nothing team that's going to do very little. Uh, But I think, I imagine that if that happens, it's going to be a quarterback next year. Quarterback, uh, and then kind of give him a two-year run at it, and then he'll be gone with only three years for free on his contract.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh and I'm sure they'll draft like the fifth best quarterback by uh, everyone's everyone's draft rankings and go, "Well, this guy's uh he's the new uh, Patrick uh the new Patrick Mahomes Manning. That, that's what I say, John Gruden. I'm John Gruden. I'm definitely good at football.
1: Yeah. Good God like um Yeah, just he just just doesn't appear to really know how to do it in the NFL. But yeah, okay. So that'll wrap us up for the AFC West. Uh exciting times. Um when we speak to you next i suppose we will be doing we'll be moving on to the nfc and i think probably the nfc east um but yeah any any plans for the next while obviously i'll be down to see you guys hopefully uh uh sorry this week because this is philip this is being recorded a week after the last episode um but uh yeah any any other crack with yourselves are you obviously watching the euros
2: yeah yeah let's watch england win somehow that's gonna be very fun to watch yeah no it's been a great tournament except for the fact that England are both shit and and winning games apart from that it's been a brilliant watch I love it Uh,
0: and it's hard to even get angry at England because they're so beige like boring they just they play the most insipid style of football that you're kind of like I hate you but it's hard to care enough about you to, you know, actually invest in that. Um, which is most annoying because then they'll win and then you'll read, oh no, Boris Johnson's gonna be happy and all the England fans who are the like it, only the shots of the fans at the games. Um like if this was during COVID, I'd actually probably like this England team's not that bad. But because they're allowing the fans back in and you see their faces and you see, you know, the worst of English society from yeah. the, like the rich like entitled toffs to the you know this is England scum yeah, flag. Yeah. I know that's not the point of that film, but like I'm, I'm using the stereotype of it. Um,
1: Although I do uh, think the goalkeeper looks a little bit like a posher version of the main character from that.
0: Yeah, like well, he he usually has a cap on, or I think it's usually closely shaved. He 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 does look, you know, like in the nineties, like where British boy bands would always have one member who look proper working class, but they'd have to, you know, spruce them up to be more boy bandish and you just go, what's going on with that fella? Um, I'm not good with boy band names, but uh, like the, the names of individuals, but you know the guy in those. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, they, th- like, you know, like they're all like, I suppose E70 was all that, but uh, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> there's always that one, you know, guy you're kind of like, oh, that's like a proper, you know, yeah, work yeah. class fella that they're trying to pretend is like, oh yeah, I, I'm just a, a sweetheart. Uh, you know, heartthrob, and it's like, yeah, that that that's what uh, Pickford, the, the goalkeeper, looks like with that uh, ridiculous Beckham type hair.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it should be good. I'm gonna watch the game on uh Friday. Sorry, last oh, last Friday, given when this is gonna come out. But yeah, uh, it should be should be a bit of fun. Um, yeah, I think I think I got a I got a team that didn't make it out of the group stages in my work pool, so I'm I'm out of that. But yeah. Oh well. Uh, I suppose that'll wrap us up for now. So it's uh, bye myself. Bye from Sean. Bye. Bye from Ronan. Bye. This has been all four quarters. Thanks for listening and we'll chat to you next week.